Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 102. And today we have a special guest on the show, and we're really excited because this is the first person that we've had on the show that we're not, you know, personally friends right, with. Right, right. Yes, today we have paranormal investigator Brian Bonner from Rocky Mountain Paranormal with us today. And he has been investigating the paranormal for over 20 years, so he's got tons of experience. And specifically, we're going to be talking to him about a couple things. Mm-hmm. One, the Stan Romana case, because that was actually yes. how he reached out to us was after mm-hmm. he had seen our episode that we did on Stan Romanek. So we're, he's got, he said that he's got a lot of tea for us about him <laughs> and more to the story that we don't know yes. or that we covered in our episode. So I'm very excited to see what he has to say about that. He's also going to be telling us about the Stanley Hotel, which is another thing that we have done a podcast right. on and we've been there several times. We actually went recently. Yeah. We attempted to have a paranormal experience, uh, the four of us, Janelle plus her boyfriend, and it failed miserably. Um, we didn't really, nothing paranormal happened to us. We tried to have an investigation. It just didn't, it did not work. No, it really didn't. So I'm excited to talk to him yeah. about it because he's done a really in-depth yeah. investigation of the historic haunted Stanley Hotel. So we'll, we'll we'll hear what he has know. to say. I'm sure he's got some interesting things to report yeah and let us know you guys if you want to see our stanley hotel vlog anyway our failed paranormal experience (laughs) i think it'd be kind of funny i'm sure the footage is hilarious honestly oh i'm sure it is so but yeah we're super excited to have be having brian on the show today and hopefully many more guests in our future uh which i'm really looking forward to yes but i want to thank our sponsors for today quip candid and upstart thank you guys for supporting the show but let's go ahead and jump right into this week's news stories. The first one I've got for you is about NASA officially adding a space hotel to the International Space Station, which is pretty cool. Can you imagine waking up in a space hotel? How cool is that? You can't beat that view. No. And there's going to be, that's going to be the next thing for Instagram clout. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like it's the a ultimate space as your backdrop. <laughs> Girls are like taking butt pictures in front of a space <laughs> yeah, yeah. station, like looking back at planet Earth. And I know like I've, you know, I watched some streamers on Twitch and they were talking about like Ninja should be the first Twitch streamer to twi- live stream uh, playing Fortnite or something from the International Space Station in the, in the hotel. Yeah. Whatever, why so. do I feel like that would actually happen? It honestly might. <laughs> if there's anybody that's going to do it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ninja, but maybe he can host a giant. What was that dance? Oh, yeah. The show. Floss. Floss. <laughs> Flossing, giant floss. Flossing from, this, from space. Yeah, space floss. <laughs> space floss. <laughs> That's amazing. I would love to see that. But anyway, this is actually really moving into uh, production here because NASA announced that they've picked the uh, space station manufacturer Axiom Space to actually build sort of the pod that they're going to be attaching to it. It's like a... You know, they oh. put it up into space and then they'll dock it into the space station where they'll actually attach it. 
And their hope is that they want to create like an economy in the, the like low earth orbit. So obviously it's not way out there, but they want to create like some tourism uh, economy out there in space. It's just so wild to think about that we're actually at that point. And this is only a couple years off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it says that they're going to hopefully shoot for later half of 2024. And apparently it's going to be a large window. It's going to have like a large windowed earth observatory. So like a place where you can just kind of float where you're inside this all glass sort of pod, but you can just look out and obviously not float away from the space station, but you can just kind of like gaze out at the earth beneath you. Imagine that experience. Oh, it looks so cool. So this has got to be so expensive. There's no way this is going to be affordable for the everyday person. This is for like the richest people on the planet. Uh, Tickets going to cost upwards of 50 million. Oh, 50 million. 50 million. That is Deep. I honestly was not expecting that much. That's a lot. Well, Damn. If, well, well, if you think my about ass it, is never going then. <laughs> <laughs> I, but the, but there will be no cloud on my Instagram. Well, who knows? Maybe that that cost will go down in fifty years from now. I mean, maybe, maybe. one where old farts will be able to yeah. go up there, and you know, there'll be an Airbnb in space, and you can just like stay for the night and come home. Well, maybe they'll just keep attaching different pods, and eventually it'll be like you can stay in this hotel, and it's like the Vegas Strip. Yeah. Well, that's what I think is going to happen because actually, the International Space Station is set to be. Uh, sort of decommissioned like they're going to decommission what? the international space station yeah oh wow that's weird so a bunch of private right. companies are starting to because it's it's old it's been up there for a while so they're going to make another one yeah they're going to make another one or you know they're on to bigger better things moon bases and mars mm-hmm. bases and stuff like that okay. and and like elon musk's spacex they're working on putting stuff into space for uh, private people to take a ride like i think you can actually go into space with uh, spacex for like a million dollars Oh, so only a million. Okay, it's still expensive, but it's not fifty million. <laughs> True. True. But yeah, I mean, fifty million to experience zero gravity inside this like plush cabin. If you look at the inside of the pod, that's what you float around in because there's you know in space there's not like a bed or anything, but oh. it's kind of like this padded capsule that you float around in. I don't know exactly how long you get to stay up there, but I assume it'd probably be up there for a while because it's not like you know you can just come back the next day. Yeah. So they got to se- they got to send something back to get you. I have a question. Yeah. Why are like, okay, so when you go to space, you have to have a ton of training to go to space, right? Mm-hmm. So how is that going to work? I know. I was thinking the same thing. Like, how, how do you ensure that people aren't going to get sick or I don't mean, I don't, I'm not an expert. I don't know what the side effects are of going to space, but like, I know you have to train for a long time in order to be able to. Yeah. Withstand know, the G with, force. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. how does that work on an everyday Joe blow? And well, don't you think that you'd probably have to pass some type of like health exam before going up there? Yeah. Or if you have to probably qualify. something like that, oh, I would yeah. think, especially at first, because yeah, because there's definitely risk in space travel i'm i mean totally. i'm sure you assume the risk though if oh you're yeah be you're signing to go a to thing space. And, yeah but i wonder if there would be training as far as like getting sick there like maybe be. they can just like drug you though and like knock your ass out and you wake up and you're there maybe maybe, maybe. they only need to do that for the astronauts because they're you know, actually they need doing to function work. and travel you know? <laughs> they just put you in like a yeah. a bag and <laughs> zip yeah. you up and then you like a arrive. nice comfy padded thing yeah. like this you're just flying around <laughs> in it like out <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. You would think for $50 million, though, there's probably some sort of training and checkup and, Maybe, you know, they yeah. prepare you in some way. Because, I, I mean, how many people are going to fork out $50 million right yeah. off the bat to go to space? It's not going to be that many people. Yeah. Well, it, wow. I mean, it would be an incredible experience. I can't imagine what the view of Earth from oh, an exterior looks beautiful. point would looks be so like. beautiful. I it's think really mind-blowing. It would be. It'd probably be the 
craziest experience that you could ever have really mm-hmm. is being in space and definitely but this next story is uh, one that kendall brought to my attention which i had no idea about but apparently there are some instagrammers out there who are posting about this uh no water regimen where they replace mm-hmm. fluids with water-rich fruit do you want to kind of explain a little bit yeah this has been going kind of viral amongst twitter and instagram really there's you know there's people on instagram who promote their blog through instagram and there's several I mean, several, there's thousands of fitness accounts and everyone has a different take on the best way to lose weight or to be healthy or whatever it is. And the latest thing is this whole no water regimen, which mm-hmm. obviously sounds incredibly dangerous and is incredibly dangerous. But I thought this was interesting because obviously there's a lot of alarm about this. There's a lot of people who are really concerned, including myself when I first read this, because you know I've had an eating disorder. I, I think this is extremely triggering especially anything like huge fasts like this. A lot of it's where they promote you don't drink or eat dry fasting. Yeah. 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 And they like only have green tea. And I mean, that's extremely dangerous. But what they were talking about and none of the articles really explained this. Yeah. Is something that goes back to our water episode. Mm -hmm. Um, They're basically talking about how they want to consume only water that is alive. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to our episode about water, we talk, this is very complicated to even get into. Yeah. There's I mean, theories yeah. around water that it can be alive or dead. Right. And that's water that comes from our tap is dead because of the right. way that it's filtered and, there's and just a whole the science process of it. it. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of explain a yeah. little bit. So d- when we're talking about dead water, we're talking about water that has, you know, from the source of where it was, you know, first pulled in that water travels through a very, very long way through all sorts of pipes that if you think about never get cleaned or, you mm-hmm. know, how old are some of these pipes that water's all running through it. And then eventually it's run through filtration. They add chemicals to it, including mm-hmm. fluoride and chlorine and all these other things to try to purify and clean it. But by the time that it gets to you and, you know, you pour a cup of water out of your tap water, according to some, the water is no longer living because it's essentially kind of endured all of that, all of those different things and it and lacks killed it energetics. It lacks healing information and minerals. And this is just right. a theory. It's according to some people. We're right. not saying it as if it's true, but yeah, that's their argument really is that they don't want to drink still water. That's from a tap or bottled water. Cause it's all dead. Mm-hmm. So they're eating a ton of fruit and water rich foods. And they're arguing that, if you eat enough healthy organic foods that there should be enough water in that to sustain, sustain your body, you. right. which most people don't know how to do that. I feel like that's extremely difficult. It's a really dangerous idea. I just thought it was interesting, their reasoning behind it. Yeah. And I just thought it was a kind of a, obviously a controversial idea. Right. Well, I mean, their whole thing is that, you know, if you drink cu- cucumber water or watermelon, there's going to be more nutrients and minerals in it yeah. versus, you know, your tap water or something like Which that. Which does make sense. But it, the whole thing is that gets me is like, great, promote more use of, you know, eat a lot more fruits and more water, nutrient, vegetables and organic stuff. That's all great. But just why cut out the water completely? Right. Why be like, right. no water? Um, I think it's weird that, I mean, I understand that they want to eat organic foods, but mm-hmm. if you actually do your research about the food industry, organic doesn't really mean a whole lot. Right. Um, if you're going to, you know, still buy it through huge industrial farms and such, mm-hmm. it's, I guess, 
perhaps better for you. Mm -hmm. But by the time your food travels from being picked to the grocery store, even if it's at Whole Foods or whatever, I mean, it's still lost so much nutrients that it's not like it's, it it would be, I guess, a little different if you were growing your own food. Maybe like a farm outside of your house with everything. I mean, in, organic is really, I, I think, a marketing scheme, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest, um, for the most part. So Yeah, I mean, and I understand that. And, and what do you think about this whole just not drinking water thing? Well, yeah, then there's people who are doing like dry fasts. So that's mm-hmm. like the, ne- the next thing is where they're not, they're drinking very minimal water for like days. What's the point? I don't get that. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I don't know the argument of it, but it just sounds like, you know, we are what 70 percent water don't Mm -hmm. quote me on that it could be more yeah and so why are you depriving yourself of the most you know Mm -hmm. the thing that we need the very most yeah i mean i guess it's an interesting argument to think that if you are having enough fruit that maybe you can get all your water naturally and that's great for people who are able to do that and like i said if you have like a farm outside of your house but being able to maintain that lifestyle is so unrealistic and promoting it to the masses can i can see it as very dangerous yeah yeah um, but i just i don't know i thought it was interesting their reasoning behind it i wanted to know what all of you guys thought yeah and just the whole idea of living versus dead water is yeah. a very interesting concept very that controversial. is controversial yeah, a lot, a lot of, people of can't even wrap their head around a lot of people think it's bullshit but yeah. i mean th- there's definitely been some studies that does prove that you know water can be living and it can be dead and maybe even wow. conscious in, in that sense so d- go back and listen to the water episode yeah. if you if you are still confused about what we're talking about So before we bring Brian on, we would like to thank our sponsors for today. As you guys know, we have been users of the Quip electric toothbrush for a while now. And I got to say, it is the best toothbrush money can buy. Brushing your teeth is super important to your oral hygiene and overall just feels good. What I love about Quip is that it has a built-in timer. So you always get that perfect two-minute clean and it alerts you when to change sides of your mouth. Not only does Quip have the Tesla of toothbrushes, but they also started offering the Quip floss dispenser, which comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. The best part about Quip is that it's super easy to use because they deliver you a fresh brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills right to your door every three months with free shipping. So your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash mile higher right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash mile higher. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash mile higher. Quip, the good habits company. Have you ever wanted to straighten your teeth but don't want to deal with the cost or the hassle of getting traditional braces? Well, that's where you've got to check out Candid. They deliver clear aligners directly to your door. And it includes remote monitoring by your orthodontist throughout the treatment. This means that you can get the same treatment oversight that you'd get by seeing an orthodontist in person without the inconvenient office visits, all for a fraction of the cost. Your orthodontist will keep an eye on your treatment from anywhere. Unlike braces, Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and totally invisible, so you can quietly transform your smile without anyone noticing a thing. Learn more about Candid's process and get a complimentary 3D scan of your teeth at a Candid studio near you. So if you're ready to take that first step towards straighter teeth, you can check out Candid at candidco.com slash milehigher with the code milehigher for $75 off. That's candidco.com slash milehigher with the code milehigher for $75 off. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy. But getting out is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. 
Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt. Upstart would have been a huge help to me a few years ago when I racked up a bunch of credit card debt. What I like about Upstart is that they also go beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull comes if you accept your rate. The best part, once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash milehire to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash milehire. All right, guys, we are here with Brian Bonner from Rocky Mountain Paranormal. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yes. You didn't tell me that you were in like New Mexico, but other than that, yeah, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I wanted to just kind of start and, you know, kind of give people an idea of who you are and, and, you know, how'd you get into paranormal and, you know, kind of your background, education, that kind of thing. Wow. A lot. Yeah. That's a lot. How'd I get into it? Bad choices, heavy (laughs) drinking. uh, No, it's it's kind of an interesting, I'll I'll give you my stock answer because it's always fun. That's perfect. And it brings up a previous thing we were talking about. So years and years and years ago, when I was a, a wee one, as they say, uh, my mother loved horror movies. Mm. My father had his own business, so he's not around to watch the horror movies. She wants somebody to watch horror movies with her, so I get volunteered. And, you know, a seven-year-old watching The Exorcist isn't necessarily a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm getting a little freaked out by this stuff. She's like, okay, here's the deal. It's all fake. It's all, it's all made up. This is how the movies are made. This is how the special effects are done. Kind of breaks it all down for me. And now I'm some sort of like overly obsessed horror movie nerd. But on top of that, I started watching movies growing up and they're like based on actual events. Right. Inspired by a true story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, now hold on a minute. Mom said that these weren't real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... As time went on, it was back in the late 90s, I decided there's got to be somebody actually looking into this. And I looked around, and at the time, there were two other groups in town. And the way that they were doing it is really no different than anybody's doing it right now. But I was like, it can be done better than that. There's got to be some science put behind this. Right. So rather than dive in with them, me and... uh, other person who started this with me, we started it up and we've been going for 21 years now. Wow. So, so we're old enough to drink lot. now. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. So were you like, you know, you come into this and you see everybody else around you and you don't necessarily like their approach or, you know, their method for investigating the paranormal. Well, here I have a segue for you. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> the reason that I didn't believe most of what they were showing me is it was photographic. Uh And my background, my education, my college experience is in photography. Mm -hmm. I get cameras. I understand how they work. And they're showing me all of these things going, look, it's a ghost. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, it isn't. This is not. Right. And it just kept getting worse and worse with what they were showing me. So I decided it's time that 
somebody needs to take a more scientific, logical approach to this. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it got started. But that was the thing is what other people were doing was obviously not what the proof needed to be. Right. Because, you know, these are, this is unexplained phenomena. So I think the the big thing we should all be trying to do is figure out if this unexplained phenomena is real phenomena or not. Right. And I think one of the things for evidence, you know, let's say you're a paranormal investigator and you have what you believe is proof of something. You need to ask yourself, if I was to take this to the scientific community, mm-hmm. not the paranormal community, mm-hmm. but the real scientific community, and pose to them that this is proof of something, would they laugh me out of the room? Right. And if the answer is no, good, take it to them. Let's see what we can do because we need bigger brains than what we have to totally studying this. Mm-hmm. And that's where the breakdown usually happens. It's like somebody in your own group can explain what this is. So yeah. it's not proof. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that, you know, well, a lot of these paranormal topics, especially when you get into like ufology and, and just with, you know, looking at spirits and ghosts and things like that, you start when you do dig into the science, you start realizing that there is very, very complex science involved with trying to explain dimensions and explaining time and space and time travel and all these different components that are often associated with like ufology and stuff. And Exactly. But then you have the exact opposite problem of they try and use science against you. Mm. It's, I don't understand quantum physics, therefore mm-hmm. it proves ghosts or right. it proves mm-hmm. UFOs. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's one of those words that we really need to look at the proper use of it is quantum physics. Nobody, you know, the great quote was, if you believe that you understood quantum physics, you're wrong. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the whole point. Yeah. And people use it to explain so many different things. UFO people use mm-hmm. it. Uh, ghost researchers, they're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's part of the quantum theory. No, it isn't. <laughs> right. It, you don't understand mm-hmm. it, therefore... Yeah, well, it's kind of like that, you know, we were saying with uh, the Occam's razor. Mm-hmm. The simplest explanation is usually the most accurate one. Right. Mm-hmm. And jumping to the conclusion of, I don't know what it is, therefore it is a X. Right. Does not follow any protocols of logic or science. And it doesn't do anything good for either communities, paranormal no. or UFO, because like we said, then, you know, who's going to believe you if. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And there's just so much bullshit being spread. And we have that issue every time we look at any type of paranormal case or UFO cases, just like trying to figure out what's there that is possibly maybe there's something to it. And then, you know, how much of what they're saying is actually even something you can consider. Right. And it's hard. Like a lot of it is just, just feels like a fairy tale a lot of the time. Well, and I'll, I'll give you a precursor for something later. I know you want to talk about the Stanley hotel. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. Uh, I'll, I'll just load it with this. One of the things that we had to look into wasn't the claims of ghosts, but why they claimed the ghosts were there in the first place. Hmm. Interesting. And and that's one of the things you really need to look at is the, the story behind the story, the motive, or, right. you know, mm-hmm. people are saying, well, you know, this, this ghost must be here because there's an electromagnetic field of X. Yeah. So what's that mean? Why, why does that make it a ghost? Right. So you have to go back and look at the backstory. Too. Yeah. Right. 
Well, and I think it really comes down to if you, you take the scientific approach of this, you start looking at, well, what is a ghost and what is a spirit? What is a right. haunting? And when you start looking at that, you're you immediately are going off based on a set of beliefs. Right. You're in a belief system. At that right. Point. At that point. So there's not anything concrete or scientific about right. what a spirit is because we haven't been able to prove, you know, a spiritual realm or the other side or anything mm-hmm. like that. See, well, I completely agree with you. I know there's people listening. Right? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, Punching mm-hmm. their screen, their, yeah. of course there's proof. Right. Mm-hmm. No, there isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, that's the mm-hmm. reality of it. It There's, would be cool if there was, mm-hmm. but. Real concrete so proof, evidence. Right. Well, that, and that's what we're still trying to figure out. And, and that's why I think the paranormal is an important field to investigate. And mm-hmm. there should be more people like yourself mm-hmm. and more you know, scientifically based teams out there actively looking into these things. Cause you know, I, I believe that there is unexplained phenomena out there. It's just, you know, it's figuring out how to research it and produce results and test it Mm -hmm. is the difficult part because it's Mm -hmm. so random, you know, it's so sporadic that you can't, you know, you can't go into even somewhere that's highly haunted and expect to sit there and study, you know, paranormal activity for, a few days. It doesn't work like that. Well, and unfortunately that's how a lot of quote paranormal investigators approach it is Mm -hmm. a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, I want you to, you know, let's say we're going to go haunting. I want you to keep a diary and I want to know when anything happens. If you perceive, perceive it to be paranormal, whatever it may be, I don't care. Just keep a journal for me because if whatever it is is happening, paranormal or otherwise, if there's a pattern to it, maybe the furnace turns on every night at 2 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we're there at noon, we're not going to be able to witness it. So we need to bring down the statistics as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And even then, when people are believing that something's happening to them, it feels like it's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And generally... If you have them keep a diary, do that sort of a thing, they go, oh, this isn't happening all the time. It yeah. mm-hmm. feels like it's happening all the time. And you know, when do we go in? Okay, well, it's happening every day at noon. Good, we'll be there someday at noon. Mm-hmm. But most of these paranormal groups, they're like, well, we'll be there for a couple of hours that night. Yeah. And the walls bleed and heads spin. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every place you go, this happens. Yeah. And you're in this little tiny window. I think there may be something else going on. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you can just roll in and immediately start capturing things. I feel like that's it seems like suspect it. at exactly. the very least. Yeah. And of course, they're going to get desperate if they're running out of time. There's a production crew. There's people who are paid to be there and stuff. You know, you only have a certain amount of time. So if it doesn't happen on its own, you know, people force things to happen. And I mean, we've had date. Uh, is we've had investigations that have gone on for four or five, six days straight. Mm. And even those, yeah, nothing. But you talking about a production company, uh, the minute that you start getting into any kind of a production, mm-hmm. there's no paranormal investigation going on. Right, I, right. I, <laughs> it's not, my, it's a production at that my, point. My, black badge of dishonor i was on ghost hunters <laughs> really uh, yeah wow that's an experience oh i'm I sure hear about that uh, yeah please yeah, tell it's, us it's not what you would expect it to be really um uh, and this was back before i kind of take my own 
guilt out of this. I think it's my fault the show fell apart. Uh, oh, wow. Really? The, for the first season, they actually did pretty good. They, they didn't find anything, but they were, they were explaining things. Second season was kind of along that way until they went to the Stanley Hotel. Keep bringing it up. Mm-hmm. And that's when a lot of things happened and the production company went, hey, there's more people watching this. The advertisers want to come in. Mm-hmm. The night before they were at the Stanley Hotel was the episode that I did with them. Huh. Interesting. And they called me up and they're like, you want to be on the one with the Stanley? I said, uh, I've got to work tomorrow. I've been on the show. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I just want to know if it would have been different. If you were there. If I would have been there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just some of the things they're like, you know, here's the investigation starting. We've been here for, it was like, you know, six or seven hours into the investigation. We were there for four hours. <laughs> oh, they, yeah. Just Stretch playing the with the times and, yeah, and everything. And just everything. You know, oh, like, I'm sure. Like, go ahead and you know walk through that room and yeah, you know, try and get a recording of something. Okay. Well, the yep. light wasn't quite right. Go ahead and do that again. And it's like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It becomes like a movie set. It is. Oh, like totally. There's well, a job to get done. Well, and that's the thing. One of the terrifying experiences I had on that show is I was walking down this dark hallway, kind of checking out the room, seeing what's going on, and I turned the corner, and I swear to you, it was Darth Vader. Wow. It was their sound guy. And he's got all his equipment on his chest. So yeah. there's all these lights running across. I'm like, never sneak up on me like that again. <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing. They've got so much crew wandering around. Yeah. Because you've got producers totally. and directors and sound guys and camera mm-hmm. guys and lighting people. And mm-hmm. if any self-respecting ghost wouldn't show up on it because there's too many that's people what I'm already. Saying. Yeah. And, you know, we tried to do our own. We were thinking maybe we'll do a YouTube series trying to investigate and see if anything happens. And we go to Stanley and we're all excited nothing and i was like you know i can see how people in this moment are like all right well we better start making shit up because we're not going to have a production if we don't you have to yeah so <laughs> you have to start creating yeah. you know the content and yeah and that's why you bring in you know the psychics and things mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. that's content automatically right. right exactly and and i'm curious about what you think about like a spirit box do you believe it in those or that term for it? i believe in the term i know they exist yeah, because uh, that's like a big thing on YouTube right now is people that make spirit box videos. And, and I'm just curious. And some people use apps. People are going to hate me, but here no, we go. No, please tell us. So uh, <laughs> back in the early 2000s, there was a guy. His name was Frank Sumption. Frank worked for the city of Littleton school system as a school maintenance wiring kind of guy. He was just average. Yeah. Average guy. Uh-huh. And he had read this article in popular science about using sections of words to talk to something ghosts. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he took this concept. He went to the junkyard and he grabbed himself a radio out of a car that uses voltage to tune to the different frequencies. So at one volt it's at, you know, 800 and the other one it's at just whatever Uh voltage you're at it tunes to that specific Mm -hmm. channel and he hooked a random voltage generator up to it so now it hops and you can do it two different ways you can either hop across the to different channels or you can do a linear scan right yeah Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of like taking an old radio and turning Mm -hmm. it on Mm -hmm. like tuning it to exactly mm -hmm. just don't stop right and initially he was talking to aliens with this thing interesting and they were, it, it was really interesting because he has this whole 
the aliens were watching him and he was some sort of a like lost princess of theirs. He was their purple princess. <laughs> oh, Frank, immediately divulging this information Frank, to him. Frank was cross-dressing at the time that this happened. Gotcha. Okay. Nothing against that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, but it, mm-hmm. it, for him it was just a little bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he lost a child. Oh. And in the middle of one of his sessions, he heard this child talking. And he's like... It talks to dead people, too. And he was he had a little bit of a community with him. But then uh, another local paranormal investigator, I use the word lightly, uh, (laughs) showed up and said, I'd really like to play with one of those. And he gave him one. Interesting. And that paranormal investigator's business took off very well. And I do mean business because all of a sudden he's doing readings with it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And touring the world. Wow. Doing ghost box sessions. Interesting. And effectively what you're listening to is a broken radio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now they say that the way that this works is the spirits manifest the energy to change the, Mm -hmm. the, Frequency. The frequency at the right time to be able to form these words. And that's got to be the most complex way to communicate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, a trans medium that just talks to you makes more sense. Yeah. And that doesn't make a lot of sense. But still, yeah. that makes more sense. And the paranormal investigator that did that came up with an answer for that. There's a spirit technician on the other side with the accompanying box. So they communicate together. So they have to synchronize these boxes. And then the spirits. Oh, wow. It gets deep. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. And of course, then they were like, well, you know, hey, anybody can do this. And he's like, no, there's only 12 chosen people that can mm. interpret what the boxes mm. say. Mm-hmm. Chosen ones. Of course. There's nothing cult-like like that <laughs> yeah. statement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God. What do you think about these apps that are showing up on the app store for your phone we where just it's playing a the one the other night sound laughing. bank and I like it's words yeah yeah uh, and i don't what's the one we downloaded like necro 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 uh necrophone probably yeah, yeah something like that yeah uh, i think the most popular one is ghost radar okay which is funny because i do a lot of public talks things like that and i'll find people using that they're like wandering around where we are and i'm like what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, there's a ghost over there. I was yeah. like, you realize this is the same company yeah. that makes like the werewolf finder. <laughs> right. And they're playing a loop. Like people play them and eventually it starts looping the well, radio frequencies and the voices. Exactly. And the thing is, if you look at any of these apps, all of them somewhere in the, uh, the uh, agreement that you have to agree to, it says, for entertainment purposes yeah. only. Yeah. Right. They can't advertise it as a legitimate right. no. way yeah. to communicate. And you read the reviews and it seems like a lot of people know that. And they're like, this is a fun little thing to fool people with. But there's well, people out there who's like, yeah, this is the best one I've used. And the ghost box business is extremely uh, popular right now. There are people making every kind of a yeah. design that you can imagine yeah. charging a fortune we bought one so it's like let me break your radio and then i'll sell it back to you <laughs> yeah. that's all it sounded like it did nothing yeah. well and i did an experiment kind of accidentally uh used to be a co-host of a theatrical seance and we wanted to do a ghost box like session now we did have one of the real ones uh-huh but we didn't want to use it because we were doing kind of a period piece yeah mm-hmm. so i got this old antique radio gutted it nice and took like 
I think it was two minutes of audio from one of these ghost boxes. <laughs> put it onto an iPod and put the iPod and the speaker inside this antique radio. And when you played it, it just did this loop. Yep. So it was always the same Sounds, sound. Yeah. And we get this, you know, group of usually 13 people together. And we knew from talking to them what word they may be looking for. So we start pointing them towards, did you hear that? And regardless yeah. of what it was, whatever they wanted to hear uh-huh. is what they heard. What from. you're going to hear. Exactly. And it was the same audio clip every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is with, I'm going to say all ghost hunting equipment. <laughs> uh, there's two types of ghost hunting equipment. There's, the stuff that wasn't designed for ghost hunting, which is what I generally use. Okay. A camera, yeah. a recorder. Standard uh, stuff for stuff. other purposes, right. yeah. But you need to understand how it works, what limits mm-hmm. it has, and be able to use it for whatever it was designed for in the first place. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other stuff that was designed for ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. So, and the way I explain this to people is you're using a piece of of equipment that's unproven to prove something that's never been proven. That's exactly There's right. There's two major flaws there. Yeah. And until you can say absolutely the dead exist and communicate this way, mm-hmm. and this is how we do it with this device. Mm-hmm. There's too many breakpoints in there. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much meaningless. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie i did buy some of that uh, ghost hunting equipment and well we it. just wanted to play with it we yeah, wanted to it was see just, you know if anything happened nothing happened well and i'm the first person that'll go out and buy the stuff just to see how it works yeah yeah it was yeah, more it was out of fun. curiosity was, like yeah. i just want to see you know what it how just really goofing around. what well, full get, spectrum light looks like and everything okay so paranormal investigation quiz here for the both of you okay. all right so when a ghost is trying to manifest or move something or do some sort of an action whatever it may be we go into the room and the energy is being taken away from something, hence, you know, battery on the iPad. So when that energy is exchanged, what do we look for? Um, the ghost is using the energy in the room. Right. What does everybody claim is happening? Oh, they drain the battery? Right. But, yeah. But when that happens, I'll, I'll, I'll hint you here. They look for cold spots. Right. Yeah. Oh. Okay. The temperature changes. Right. Yeah. And that's why they say is because there's some sort of an exchange. Right. You. Right. Mm-hmm. Now comes the, the science quiz. Forget your ghost hunting. Let's go back <laughs> to school. Anytime there's an exchange of energy, the byproduct is. <laughs> is it heat? Yes, it's yeah. heat. I was going to say. I just don't want to sound stupid. So, so by their own conclusions. The, that doesn't the make sense. Physics behind it is wrong. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case, mm. the byproduct should be heat, right? So if anything doesn't make sense for, for it to be cold, spot, no. yeah, right? it breaks the laws of physics, right? So do you think they use cold because it just sounds creepy? And no, they use cold because think about this: when you get scared, mm-hmm. you get chills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's. To you, it's perceived as cold. Right. Now, mm-hmm. they'll say, but we're using uh, like non-contact thermometers, which work on the same concept as the thermal cameras. Right. So they'll pan across, and that's what I was getting to with, was with the thermal camera. In the training for thermal cameras, they mention one thing that's very important. Thermal imaging technology is only capable of measuring surface temperatures. 
Okay. It has to be a hard surface. Right. A hard, reflective by infrared standards right. surface. Right. So, and I've tested this with the little thermal mm-hmm. uh, meters, too. Yeah. That if you are in a room, let's say we set up a either thermal camera or just a little handheld measure going against the wall over there. Mm-hmm. And I put a temperature sensor on the wall. And it's going to tell us what the wall is. And now we measure that wall with either one of the two devices. We know what the temperature of that wall is. I can take the middle of the room and I can take it sub-zero. I can take it above two, 300 degrees. I can put in mist, smoke, whatever. It's really good at measuring that wall. Right. Yeah. So if you think that there's a temperature change, it's probably because you're aiming at something that is cooling at a different rate or heating at a different rate than whatever else is in the room. So as they're going around, they'll get to, you know, they're Mm. scanning. Yeah. They're actually looking at a window. Yeah. And well, of course it's outside. It's glass. So it's going to be a different temperature. Yeah. We saw that on ours. It's not really an effective way to detect whether or not there's a spirit manifesting itself. (laughs) It's a really good way to detect, uh, for things like, Heating and air conditioning problems, yeah. bad yeah. airing in the walls, which is what they were designed for. Right uh-huh. now, can they be used in paranormal investigations? Absolutely, because you know, is there a weird noise coming from this wall? Well, let's let's yeah. look and see. Is there a heating problem? Is there an electrical problem? So it can be used, but not exactly the way that it's right. Used. So, like the the ghost hunters that go into you know, they go to a place that's really haunted. They go somewhere where maybe somebody died in this closet and they go in the closet and all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, the temperature's dropped. I feel cold. Of course, there's chills. no air circulation in that room. And now you're <laughs> afraid, so it's even worse. Right. But the one that was one of my favorites on Ghost Hunters, they were in this place and they're looking at a bunch of lockers on one side of the room and they see the shape of a person. They're like, roll it back. And it's one of their favorite ones because there's this shape of a person. It's a reflective surface. They took a picture of themselves oh, because geez. the heat radiated yeah. from them bounced back oh, just like oh, light would. Oh my god. How what what would you say is the percentage of of the paranormal claims that are just ordinary stuff that people are confusing with something paranormal? Most of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing because of the popularity of the paranormal media mm-hmm. one way or the other, people are so like oversensitized right now so everything is a ghost because they've been told that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally and i i don't blame them it's it's the way that you know humans work Mm -hmm. it's a cultural thing yeah but there's the other case of people faking things right now i i can honestly say we've never gone to a case where people were intentionally faking anything uh which, why would they do that in the first place? Well, if you're bringing in a production company. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of people who are having a paranormal team come out to their house may just need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And we've had that a lot where it's like, you know, there's nothing going on in their house. They haven't even talked about ghosts. They're just, they needed someone to talk to. We had a woman who, this is really depressing, but I'll bring it up anyway. She called us to her home and she had some paranormal claims. And we said, well, we'll come up. There's going to be like three of us and we'll spend the night there and see what we can figure out. She was really excited about it. And we got up there and it turns out she has no relatives, nobody mm. to talk to. And she'd just been diagnosed with cancer and she was terminal. Oh, oh geez. Yeah. She just wanted somebody to talk to. Yeah. yeah. And I looked at everybody and I was like, okay, guys, here's the deal. 
go grab a cup of coffee. We're here to help this woman through the night. That's Aww. it. That's sweet. And that's the thing is people, you need to understand what people need and what they're asking for. And it's right. not always the ghost story. Right. They just used it to get you in there. So yeah. they had somebody to talk to. Interesting. If, if you know any like police or fire, there's mm-hmm. a lot of times like that that you'll have oh, I'm sure. one person that constantly calls for help because they just they want somebody to yeah, talk yeah. to. Yeah, they just want a human connection with exactly. somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is this has always been interesting to me. What are your thoughts about uh, a building or a structure or objects becoming possessed by a spirit? You know, that's kind of all all the rage these days. Like I'm sure you've heard of uh, Zach ba- uh, Baggins Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, where he's got all these haunted objects, and you know people I, have I experiences have in them. Yeah, that's what I was gonna, I was yeah, going to say. You have your own haunted museum at your house. Yeah, it, that's the thing is it, by saying it's a haunted item, first you have to come to the conclusion you've proved that it's haunted. Which I would stop them at that step and say, "How have you done that? Right? Does it have a creepy history? Yeah, probably. Right? It's either like you know." involved with death in some way shape or form or they claim it's been cursed or something like someone's favorite thing exactly yeah just that's not proof that it's haunted Mm -hmm. will Mm -hmm. that psychologically get people to have experiences when they're around it when they're told a ghost story absolutely and i think that's one of the things that we see with the traditional haunted locations is people love a good ghost story. They like to be mm. scared. Mm-hmm. And these legends continue because of that. And, you know, it's like on one of our investigations, I always say, I had a really weird experience here. But if you look at it, I'd been up for 36 hours. I'd mm. been eating junk food the entire time. I spent 12 hours with the family telling me really scary mm-hmm. stories about this one room. And now it's the middle of the night and I'm locked in there in the dark. Yeah, there's some natural bias. Yeah, there. there's there's no way I could look at this logically. Right. right. So, you know, could it be haunted with that? I have to stay open to the possibility, but I haven't seen the proof yet. And I'll, you know, saying haunted museum, I'll give you an example. Uh, right next to my desk is a piece of Ed Gein's shed. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. If anything was going to be haunted, that's one of the ones that, you know, it's like. You would think, That's yeah. disturbing. Yeah. There, there were there were people gutted like deers in that shed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should it be cursed? Mm-hmm. I would think so. Mm-hmm. So you would think it would absorb that negative exactly. evil energy in exactly. some way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to keep doing this to you. Paranormal pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, energy. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is energy? Yeah. Define, define. <laughs> yeah. What is energy? Yeah. It's if, true. Everybody in the paranormal world just, they go crazy. It, it's the energy. It's the energy. Right. Well, mm-hmm. people associate that term with like spirituality. Right. They bring, right. immediately connect it to your spirit and your soul and mm-hmm. everything. And Exactly. And me in the scientific world, if we need a different word than that. Yeah. Because energy, by definition, is a, quote, measurable right. work unit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Jewels okay, or whatever. Right, something. That means it's yeah. measurable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... That's very true. I, I've called many people on that. They're like, can you can you sense the energy coming off of that? And I was like, if there's energy coming off of that, I can measure it. Yeah, off right, of right, right. Whether it's, you know, degrees or something. Right. Yeah. It's like the wrong word. Yeah, and that's the thing. That, there's a lot of words that have been hijacked that have taken on bad connotations for that. Skeptic. Mm-hmm. I mean, skeptic is somebody that's open to all possibilities mm-hmm. based on whatever criteria is available. Right. But 
it what everybody takes it for is non-believing cynic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's been skewed that way right, for and sure. You've got cynics on both sides, the skeptic in the middle, mm-hmm. and because people in the skeptical world want answers, and people in the believers world are accepted whatever they want to believe the skeptic has become the non-believer yeah yeah or you're some type of debunker like you're just out here trying to debunk everything to quote one of my favorite people you can't debunk something that's not bunk in the first place (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one i like that so just in your experience i wanted uh to know you know what types of uh and claims or paranormal phenomena have you investigated like kind of give us like a aerial view of what you've been involved in case wise just it's a lot for a general if, if you overview can imagine it uh hauntings lots and lots and lots of yeah uh supposed hauntings uh both you know like you were kind of alluding to haunted people haunted places mm-hmm. haunted items mm-hmm. um we've done a lot of people claiming to be possessed uh a little cryptid stuff not a lot Unfortunately, a lot of UFO stuff. Uh, And we also investigate things like uh, people claiming they have paranormal powers. So we've investigated people who claim that they can move things with their mind or they Mm. can have some sort of psychic skill or even weirder than that, devices that will cure diseases or mm-hmm. have some sort of special powers. And, you know, all this falls under this really weird umbrella of paranormal. Mm-hmm. And I like that fact because if it was just the ghost stuff or it was just, you know, yeah. X, it gets boring really quick. It would. Oh, I bet. But, you know, with this huge umbrella, 20 years into it and I'm, I'm still having fun. So. Doing stuff all the time. Yeah, well, there's yeah. always new stuff and new things that pop up with it because it, it doesn't, you know, box you into one thing right. paranormal meaning anything that's right. out of the ordinary but you know? i will tell you especially with the bizarre claims of you know like i was saying devices things like that it really has ruined my life because i can't open a magazine or turn on a television without hearing an advertisement and i am down the rabbit hole with whatever it was because i'm like no whatever they just said cannot be real right? yeah and we're living in a time where snake oil is back so there's a lot of people selling a lot of things that aren't real out there. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to not watch commercial television because of it, because I will go straight down that and yeah. go crazy with it. But even in the paranormal stuff, it's like, I can't turn on a paranormal TV show anymore because I just, Oh, I'm sure I get angry. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I can imagine. Yeah. I can watch it with a big group of people and a lot of alcohol. That's the yeah. only way. And I laugh can your it. ass off yeah. the whole you time. Treat it like a comedy. Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that it, it's unfortunate that this whole field is going in that direction. And, and it, I mean, it all comes back to money too. It I mean, does. that's the thing is with everything it all comes back to money and, people are interested in horror movies. So like, how can we segue that mm-hmm. into, right. you know, this paranormal investigation? Cause you know, I've seen, I've seen quite a bit of paranormal investigation content and oftentimes I'm left just like, I didn't see anything there. You know, this just all seems like it was blown out of proportion or completely faked or made up completely in well, order to get, you know, people that are too naive to realize what's actually going on to continue watching it. And, and well, and that's not a new thing. I mean, mm-hmm. if you go back, uh, I'll say 1980, I'm guessing, uh, there was a movie called The Changeling, mm-hmm. George C. Scott. 
Based? I've seen the remake of it, but see the original. <laughs> I bet. It, oh, I'm sure the it's original brutal. is amazing. Really? But they touch on a lot of ghost hunting techniques. Oh, interesting. That are pretty still current. Still not working, but still pretty current. <laughs> but it really goes to show you that you know even you know, 40 years ago, it was kind of the thing. We're going to bring the ghost hunting into it, and to make it even better than that. That movie was actually based on a true story, air quotes there, uh, from a house that was right next door to Cheeseman Park. Hmm. So oh, really? local lore. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, I want to move into uh, the Stanley Hotel. Before we talk about Stan Romanek and, and uh, the UFO stuff, I, since we've already been kind of talking about the Stanley loosely a little bit, what is – so we obviously had you know our own experience with the Stanley – this past week or two. And like we said, we had nothing, you know, no experience whatsoever. We paid extra money to stay in a spirited room on the fourth floor. That's mm-hmm. supposed to Did be you stay in 401. No, we stayed in 413, <laughs> which I, which I was just yeah, like, the, the ghost rooms are expanding. Cause yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even think that was, that was not part of the original story. Well, they have so. their little sheet with like the stories behind yeah. each of the rooms. And it was just like the most generic story. Like there's a man in old fashioned clothing that's <laughs> stands in the corner or something and, and watches you well, and, a, a place. We used to go a lot, actually put little like data entry logs in each one of their uh, rooms and said, if you have an experience, write interesting, it down. Huh? And yeah, it went from <laughs> nothing to everybody was having. Oh, I'm sure time it was over, mm-hmm. but with the Stanley, it's. I'm not surprised you didn't have an experience yeah. there. Yeah, and for a few reasons. Uh, was it an absolute freak show of ghost hunters wandering around trying to get things while you were there? No, no. actually, we were we were there when nobody Dead was there. Season. It was very wow. empty. And yeah, like we went around around like eleven at night, and I mean, we couldn't even find an employee. There was no one in the entire hotel. We were like walked through the whole thing and didn't see a soul. There, yeah, that's a paranormal experience right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, there's a. I felt like there's probably tons of people roaming around. Yeah, we to, thought there would be. Yeah, it was. It was Every ghostly. Time we've been up there for any type of overnight or anything like that. You can't do anything because there's people just wandering really? around taking pictures, and the minute they find out, you know, you're the ghost hunters. Uh, yeah, they will not leave you alone. Oh, I'm sure. Come yeah. look at my pictures and mm-hmm. come up here and tell me what I've just seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you turn into tour guide instead of yeah right. investigator. But it, you know it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you did a pretty. From what I read, you did a pretty in depth investigation. Was that in 2007? Was that with the Ghost Hunters? No. TV or is that something different? We've had a few experiences up there, and I don't mean paranormal. Uh, <laughs> The first time we got called up there, uh, we got called up by a production company that was, quote, doing a documentary about the ghosts, and they wanted a local paranormal team to represent. Would we like to do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Right. So we went up there, and they gave us the world. We had 401, uh, 217, whatever the room over in the manor house is. They gave Mm. us the entire concert hall. It, wow. We had everything. Mm-hmm. And not enough equipment or people to cover it, but we did our best. Yeah. Well, we didn't realize that this was part of a bigger documentary, that there were all sorts of very well-known ghost hunter types in there. Oh, interesting. Who had already gone in and, you know, bled at the eyes and had all these experiences oh, wow. going on. Yeah. So 
the day after our investigation, they showed me some footage. I'll give you an example. In it's a room on the it's on the fourth floor, but it's around the corner from four hundred one. Uh, that this psychic paranormal investigator went into, and you know, raw footage I'm watching here, and they're holding a EMF meter yeah. at his back, and as he's walking through the room, it starts going insane, and he has this fainting spell and falls over, and he's like, the energy just overtook me. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. He's like, now that I'm laying on the bed, go ahead, and the, you know, it's not going off anymore. Hmm. I said, let's go in the room. I want to check this out. So I grabbed the same type of a meter they used, which is balanced around the frequency of cell phones. May not, I don't know if ghosts work at that frequency or not. Yeah. But as we go in, one of our investigators, I had to stand right where this guy was. And I ran this meter up and down her back, and I'm, it's just going nuts. Interesting. And then I went to the wall across, and there's a main power bus that comes into the building right through that wall. <laughs> and I said, effectively, what you have here is all of this electromagnetic energy coming off of these wires. And this person is effectively a big slab of wet meat. They reflect that energy very well. Said So the minute we move them away from it, down on the bed, that energy goes away because... They're not near the source mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not a ghost. He didn't feel some sort of a spirit hop into him. Yeah. He happened to be next to a wall, and when he heard the meter going nuts, he acted appropriately. <laughs> right. Huh. So that was the first of the, the downfall of this documentary. Yeah. So then we find out a couple of months after we'd filmed that this whole thing is based on, and I'll give you the name of the documentary, it's called The Stanley Effect. Ah. Don't watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The whole concept was that the Stanley Hotel, and you took the tour, right? Yeah, we did. You might be able to confirm if they're still telling this or not. The whole reason the hotel is haunted is because of the large mineral deposits yes. that are under the building. Yep. Right. In and the tunnel area. Yeah, we talked about it. We did a podcast episode and we like talked about it because we took all our information from the they're, website. They're usually quartz, magnetite, and limestone that right. we talk about. And it causes some sort of piezoelectric effect that lets the ghosts manifest. Mm-hmm. And when I found out that that's what this was all about, I'm like, now hold on a minute. That, that's testable. Mm-hmm. Right. So I said, Let, what can we do here? Well, the first thing is, where did this story come from? Wh- who told them there were these large deposits of these minerals under the hotel? And the whole story goes back to the first episode of Ghost Hunters when they were there. Really? And really? they said, we've done a lot, of invest- or a lot of research, quote, and determined that there's these large mineral deposits under the hotel that cause this type of thing. Interesting. So at the time, I picked up the phone and I called ghost hunters guys and i was like uh where did you get this information they said well we went down to the gift shop and asked the guy working behind the counter <laughs> whoa yeah i'm like that's not yeah investigations that's really oh god uh so they just took what he so said and just started what, projecting that exactly to the, everybody are they else. talking about the stuff in the basement yeah really? well it, they said the whole mountain has uh-huh. it underneath right it. but so, in the hotel they have in the underground area there's i don't know if they actually say that that's where it is or not yeah it gets worse yeah (laughs) Uh, so at that point i'm like well i really need to find out Mm -hmm. what's underneath the hotel 
because it's, you know, the gift shop against me. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I did was contacted, I thought it was the U.S. Geological Service that took care of that sort of stuff, and it turns out it isn't. It's the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and they do soil surveys across the country. And I was perfectly blunt with them. I was like, there's no way I can work around this, so I'm just going to tell them. So I said, here's the story. They claim there's these deposits, then they're causing the ghosts. What can you tell me? And they said, we really don't have any idea what's under the hotel because nobody's ever actually conducted a soil survey there. Wow. But we do have a geomagnetic satellite survey of the area. And here it is. There's no anomalies in the area. And at that point, I'm like, well, we can tell them you don't know what's under the hotel and Mm -hmm. there's no electromagnetic anomalies. Right. Well, as luck would have it, a month or two after that, I get an email from the Department of Agriculture, and it's been through half the government at this point. <laughs> now the title of the email is Ghosts in Our Soil. Oh, uh, and they said, we haven't been out there, but we would really like to. Do you guys think you could get us into the Stanley to do a survey? Bounce this off your brain one more time. The U.S. government got... <laughs> A hold of us to see if we could get them into the Stanley Hotel. Why they didn't go directly, I do not know. Interesting, yeah. So we're crazy, we did. So we got them into the hotel. So we got to spend the weekend, actually it was two weekdays, uh, doing surveys of the Stanley and some adjoining property too to get kind of an idea of what was going on. Because if you know anything about geology... 500 feet makes a difference. Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. they hadn't done anything within a few miles. Yeah. So they really didn't know what was under wow. there. Uh, we had plain old soil scientists digging in the dirt, electromagnetic radi- or sorry, uh, electromagnetic induction, ground penetrating radar. Yeah. We had five. A serious operation. We had five branches of the government out there using some of the coolest equipment you've ever seen, and we spent a ton of your tax money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was worth it. Yeah, and, and they got to complete that part of the survey, which was cool. And the survey finally came out. And you know what's underneath the Stanley Hotel? <laughs> what? Bedrock. Dirt. Yeah. Dirt. Wow. Yeah. Now, the dirt does consist of those minerals, but so does all dirt. Right. Yeah. Uh, those minerals in the large deposits that they're claiming do not exist. Wow. And they are still telling that on the tour for sure. That was a big part in the tour. Well, right after that, uh, there was a TAPS convention up at the Stanley. Hmm. So I went up and personally handed the Ghost Hunter guys our report with the federal report. Yeah. And said, here. Yeah. This is the truth. Don't do that. And I took it to the management of the hotel and all the people doing the tours. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's the story. You got some really cool ghost stories. Mm-hmm. You have an amazing history. It's a beautiful the building. The history is cool. Run with it. Because right. it's, it's, it needs to be told. Mm-hmm. Stop with the silliness. I know. A year to the day of me handing that to them, the ghost adventurers were there doing mm-hmm. a live broadcast. And they took their paranormal expert from the hotel down into the tunnels, and two things happen. First of all, it looks like an earthquake. You can hear kind of a noise, and there's all this shaking and all this. And they're like, what was that? And she says it was just a tour group walking above, you know, making all that noise. There was enough shaking there that it looked like an earthquake. And you have to ask yourself, this was a handheld camera. 
even if there was an earthquake going on, it's not going to be shaking. They added shake and post. Oh, wow. To do that. Effects, yeah. But then she says, it's all because of the large deposits of these minerals. Oh, jeez. Like, it was a year ago today <laughs> yeah. that I proved to you guys <laughs> it told you, yeah. wasn't. Yeah, no, they definitely still say that on the tour. And it seems like we called them and asked them ahead of time telling them that we were going to come up and they were like, you know, there's nothing paranormal here anymore. Like they were focusing on the history and it's a historic tour, not a haunted tour. It seems like there's been some type of change in protocol in the hotel in the last year of like how they handle the tours. And um, the tour guide kept having to say, if you want to hear more about this, I can tell you, but I have to get a, a confirmed yes from all of you that you want to hear about this haunted story I have or see this picture or something. It's, it's very different the way they're going about it now. Wow. Yeah. Well, they don't even put ghost anywhere on the website. It's, no, it's, it's just a night different. tour now. Like they're mm-hmm. the, I guess the management Historic. now is kind of transitioning in a way from, you know, the haunted, they don't refer to it as haunted at all. I hope so because a- another fun backstory, the ghost stories at the hotel, they have very few other than the ones that have been added since the popularity of it. Mm-hmm. But back before all of that, there was a store or a book being written about the ghosts of the hotel. And they realized they didn't have enough ghost stories to write a book. So there's a little place down the street called the Lumber Baron Inn. Or not the Lumber Baron. That's down here. The uh, God, I can't think of the name of it. It'll come to me. Uh, that was up for sale at the time. Hmm. It had lots of ghost stories. So the oh. author called up and said, can I use your ghost stories? <laughs> And they did. So wow. these ghost stories got migrated from this one place to the other place. Yeah. Interesting. And for no reason other than to have that happen. Hmm. And they do have a handful of really fun traditional ghost stories, but like the Stanleys themselves. The Stanleys themselves. Say they are they're in the hotel right. still and right. people Miss see Stanley's, them. you know, seen at the hotel's piano right. playing and yeah. seen wandering around smoking his pipe. Yeah. That sort of thing. Our tour guide told us that she's actually slammed the piano like cover on three different people and broke their fingers at the no. like hotel. But I'm like, where's like, the there's no proof. way. Where's the yeah, yeah. They we were we were all like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but not there. Now, we did have an experience while we were there. There was a book that we were helping the author doing an investigation there. And, of course, everybody finds out we're there, so they're running up to us. And one of them says, up in one of these areas, we're smelling cigars. It's like, okay, that's uh-huh. traditional. They said that to us, that. too. Remember mm-hmm. about the cherry the cigarettes or something yeah. like right. that? Some guy, some mm-hmm. spirit likes to smoke, smoke those. the cigarettes. Yeah. Right. And these people were witnessing it. So they ran over told us about it okay well we're gonna go up and i'm smelling it it's like yep i smell it too and then i'm like okay dial it back a little bit and let's think about this take Uh a deep breath let's find out where this is coming from Uh there was a guy in one of the rooms really close to that area who was a little too cheap so he brought in a hot plate and he was making bacon cheeseburgers wow (laughs) but because we were set up to smell that cherry smoke. Yeah. yeah. That's what we thought we were smelling. And we were actually smelling bacon. <laughs> <laughs> That's, hilarious. That's hilarious. God. But just it, being able to say, you know, yeah, I smell that. that. It yeah. smells like a pipe. No, it doesn't. It smells like a cheeseburger. But Interesting. That's funny. It's real. What what I find really interesting, and, and maybe one day we'll figure it out, is that 
how much of an effect your mind is over what is actually occurring mm-hmm. around you and how easy mm-hmm. it is for you to be in an environment where you believe something's happening mm-hmm. and then you sort of manifest it for yourself, This that, the experience. That is one of, I'll say, my specialty areas right now is human perception and what what people can be coerced into believing, yeah. even by themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things. Number one, the human body is a terrible recording device. We are very easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we misperceive things a lot. And then it gets worse because human memory is terrible. Mm-hmm. What you remember from 10 years ago is not what you would have remembered then. It's being pieced together by bits of things that may or may not be accurate. And that's one of the reasons for like the stories that I tell or the classes that I give, things like that. I always make sure to document everything at the time, write it down, and that's what I use. Mm-hmm. Because I could start telling myself, oh yeah, well I saw mm-hmm. you know a shadow in that corner over there. Yeah. And after a few years of telling this story, I will remember that. Right. And it's no less real of a memory than something that really did happen. That's why you look at witness statements and they're all over the board sometimes yeah, for an wit- event. Witness testimony is absolutely useless. Yeah. And that's why it's not really allowed in court anymore mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. people have started to realize that it's either useless because they can't remember properly or it's useless because it's easy to tamper with them and make them remember whatever it is you want them exactly. to remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. totally. You can manipulate the mind into believing whatever mm-hmm. you want, really. Absolutely. And if you're, you know, knowledgeable in how to do that, how to manipulate, then right, it's not hard at all. And and with classes that I've taken and willing participants, I've implanted some memories. And interesting, they will argue to the death that that happens. It's like, oh no, 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 you you didn't. Wow. I, I told you about that, and you just made it up. So yeah. Yeah. Like, no, that's that's well, part of what it is. Yeah. And, you know, like I was saying before, that goes back to the 1980s and the whole satanic panic thing. Yeah. You had a few people out there that knew how to influence memory in the wrong place at the right time. And now you've got people in prison for decades for something that they didn't do. Right. And it's how powerful it is. And unfortunately, yeah. that whole craze is still going. I yeah. didn't realize it until recently, but the whole concept of where that started is still happening. The psychiatric community is just rampant with that belief still. Yeah. But they've kind of kept it to their own, right. kept it quiet. But there's still a lot of people having a lot of problems because of it. And thankfully, there's some organizations out there that are starting to help expose that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank God, because that's a real problem. But let's go ahead and transition into Stan Romanek because I'm really interested to. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, let's not. But so for those that didn't watch uh, the episode on Stan Romanek, he mm-hmm. he's actually I don't know if he's still in Colorado or not, but yeah, he he, uh, he was down. He lived down in the Colorado Springs area, I believe. And he is an interesting fella. Uh, he <laughs> believes he's been abducted by aliens. He's had alien spacecraft come to his house and beam him up to the spacecraft. He's he believes he's a chosen one. He's a star seed kind of like a Messiah type individual. He has, he has star children, star children. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's a right. star seed and all so of that. Creepy. 
And so he really kind of, I hate saying he rose to fame, but he, he did. He yeah, really, he, did. he in the community, in the UFO community for sure. Yeah. He got really popular cause he captured, I think he said he captured what, like 195 events that he experienced, which is... I lost track. Every time he got up with a video camera, yeah. something happened. Yeah, yeah, it's like, wow. Yeah. So but He really got popular when he put his documentary on Netflix, or I guess, how did he even get that? It was before that. Really? The, the, honestly, by the time the documentary came out, he was on his decline. Really? Yeah. I remember hearing about it most after the Netflix came out. As far as people telling us or requesting it... That's when I really heard about him was from Netflix. Okay, we know your demographic now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah. Have a, we have a pretty young demographic, yeah. Right. A lot of people hear about a lot of things from Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. I say, you know, when we first started looking into his claims back in 2008, mm-hmm. people are like, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, it in perspective, his claims have been going for a long time. And mm-hmm. they went a long time before the popularity really took off. But when the popularity took off, the claims kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it it just got off the charts by the end. Yeah, it really did. It it went about as far as you can go with this stuff. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, really and did. as far as the claims go. So honestly, I appreciate it. It was super entertaining. Well, so. when the claims get so bad that the community that you're in disown you. <laughs> You know there's got to be a problem. <laughs> right, right. Let's let's see here. I can give you some backstory to this. Back in, I'm going to say 2008, uh, there was a local UFO group. And by local, I mean they were in Fort Collins that was doing a presentation and they were having a speaker who was going to show them proof of parent, or proof of UFOs and aliens because of evidence he'd collected. Sparked my interest, so yeah. let's pack up and go. Yeah. So we watched, and he laid out a ton of evidence then. He had, uh, the aliens had melted a prescription. Right, him. yeah. They had implanted something in him that was going to be tested. They had uh, found this, whatever it was that, had been implanted in him that he'd hidden in the back of a radio and nearly deafened him trying to kill it with some sort of sonic beam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had videos of UFOs and that was the first one that he had was a UFO over by Red Rocks. Right. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he had videos of a lot of weird lights. He had videos of some sort of a weird spinning red light in front of his house, in front of a pickup truck one mm-hmm. night. Mm hmm. Then he had multiple videos of aliens themselves, one looking in a window, one looking around a corner. Yeah, the, yeah the we're going to play some the Most of them. famous ones, yeah. Then the pictures started popping up of aliens, and then the stories started getting bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. in the middle of all of this, because uh, we kind of left him to his own, most of the people in the UFO community, they preach to their choir. They're, mm-hmm. they, they believe, they have their believers come up and talk to them, it's usually kind of a closed system, so it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, several months after we've gone to this talk, we hear that a local person has decided he wants to start what he's calling the Denver Extraterrestrial Affairs Commission, mm. which will be a city-funded 
depending on how you look at it, welcoming committee, research group. <laughs> yeah. I was never yeah. quite too sure. What's the purpose of it? Yeah. Which was going to be led by his 12 people. Could huh. be disciples. I yeah. I'm going to go there. <laughs> yeah. But his 12 people, and they had specific job descriptions that were so specific you could tell who he'd written them for. I yeah. Mean, wow. He's like, must have two years experience in this and written at least four books based on this. So, like, yeah, we know who you're aiming at. Mm-hmm. But he was going to hold this press conference because he had proof of an alien. And one of the videos he was going to show was an alien looking in a window. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, red flags are flying all over the place at that oh, point. Yeah. It's like, I know what this is. So I'm like, guys, let's group up and get this taken care of because something is something bad is going to happen with this. And they're going to be spending our tax money mm-hmm. for this. And we've got things like infrastructure and schools and, you know, these things that yeah, need money. Maybe more mm-hmm. important things to worry about. Yeah. Right. So the night before his press conference, we get together, bought a domain name, and reproduced all the evidence, all the pictures, that he all had the shown. videos, yeah. everything that we had seen and could remember. Because, like I say, memory, and it was mm-hmm. several months, and posted it on this website and let the media know about it. So the next day it happens, and for some reason, I don't know if it was a slow news day, the entire media from the planet was there. Wow. I mean, CNN was there, and it just all, for some guy just, you know, releasing his yeah. alien video. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect, crazy. The perfect storm hit, and everybody was there. But he refused to release anything other than a still image of it, because... Mm. Two possibilities, depending on when you quote him from. Either A, it was under copyright because of some sort of a documentary that they were working on. Or B, he wasn't allowed to release it to the public because the scientists were still working on it. Mm. And you know, scientists, they don't like to share information. So either one of the stories didn't make sense. Yeah. So one of the things that happened is we released this website and all of a sudden everybody thinks that our stuff is the legitimate source. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we're seeing things that pop up going the real alien in the window video and it's ours. Yeah. Wow. It, it's insane. We actually had to release a making of video where the guy that was doing the puppeteering of it <laughs> made out with the video or with the alien at the end. <laughs> to show just to show real. that's not a real yeah. alien. And you guys said the quality of yours was just so much better we than Stan. Could, we tried to res that thing down and do <laughs> anything <worse>. else. <laughs> but once again, we didn't remember exactly what it looked like. Mm-hmm. We just remembered there was a grainy alien in a window. Yeah. Yeah. And we remembered them saying it blinked and none of us could remember if it actually blinked or not, which honestly don't think it does. I don't think it does. But we had a guy that was working with us that did computer graphics and he's like, I can put some eyelids on that. Yeah. Before you <laughs> yeah. Want. yeah. Well, one of the things that his experts claimed was the alien in the window video could never have been, or could not have been done Without a major yeah. Hollywood studio, yeah. at least, quote, $50,000 in special That was effects. his claim, yeah. yeah. It cost us, like, I don't know, 200 bucks to do everything. <laughs> That's so funny. And just the, the amount of people. We went from about 500 to 1,000 hits a day on our website to over wow. 5 million an hour. Yeah. 
That's insane. And yeah, the poor guy that runs the server was having a meltdown. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's crazy like, traffic. Keep it up. It'll slow down eventually. But as time went on, we started looking more and more into what this committee was supposed to be. And I went to the uh, city auditor and I said, this guy's making this proposal. It's going to have this many people and all that. Do you have any idea what it's going to cost the city to do this? And he says, no, but I can find out for you if you'd like. So he had his, you know, admin or whoever put up a little spreadsheet for me that showed, you know, over a five-year period or whatever, it'd cost this much. So I released that saying, it's going to cost the city a ton of money. We don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. And then we found out the only way that we could legally fight this was to form our own political committee. So we had to form a political committee to fight this thing. Wow. And a a guy who was a really amazing wordsmith came up with a great word or name for it. We were the mission for inhibiting bureaucracy, (laughs) the MIB. Yeah, MIB. MIB. So That's great. Show up in black suits. That's <laughs> and the conspiracies that were rolling around. Uh, one of the guys involved in it claimed that you know I was the ringleader of it, and I had this. Uh, it was a government issued credit card <laughs> with uh, bottomless funds, and everybody else ran around me just like I was controlling the yeah. world, and. We work for some sort of secret black ops organization and all this. Eventually, this ends up getting published in the Wall Street Journal. Wow. wow. And it's like, wow, this is really insane. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that really freaked him out at the time, I was actually doing some work with the government and had a government ID at the time. Uh, because he's paranoid about the government. I have accidentally shown it to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's the thing is it kept getting worse and worse, and we had to fight it. Because mm-hmm. the claims that Romanek had are just insane. But then yeah, they, they started really bringing in, well, it's not just him. We have all of these other experts in the field. So we had to go and look at every classic UFO case, everything that was active currently, and kind of figure out who these people were, where they were coming from, and was there any credibility behind them. Mm. And that was a rabbit hole I never wanted to go down. Wow. But we had to. And you know, just some of the claims, they just seem so over the top. Like, give us an example. Like, uh, The government has met with and categorized 57 different species of mm-hmm. extraterrestrial that have visited this Earth. 50-something? 50 mm-hmm. 57. Yeah, there's someone, someone around here says that. I 57 and... <laughs> they just picked that number? Picked that, that yeah. number. That was Claude Swanson that said that one. Huh. Uh, but there were just amazing claims from all of these people. And then we got the real scientists involved, which I think is what made it a lot of fun. Uh, so you're familiar with SETI? Yes. Not C-SETI, yeah. but SETI, the yeah. real one. Search for extraterrestrial intelligence. These yeah. are real scientists. Yeah. And their head scientist, uh, we talked to him quite a bit because... We're like, there's these physicists making these claims about like the formulas that Stan's come up with in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. That say His equations things. he came mm-hmm. up with. Right. And, you know, every time we bring them to somebody like him or a physicist or somebody, they're like, we've known that. Yeah, it's he regurgitated new. stuff. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And the stories, when they first started out, even though they were a little extreme, there weren't a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But then he gets a community around him that really likes to hype the stories. Mm -hmm. It it became kind of a feeding frenzy of making things up. Mm -hmm. And the more, this comes from personal experience, uh, the more people believe in you, the more people want to follow you, the more powerful you feel. It's oh, a, yeah. It's a cult leader thing. Totally, and, I can see that. And honestly, to him, who, I mean, he's always been just average guy. Yeah. Right. He's worked at the bicycle repair shop. He's, you know, done this other He's got stuff. a family. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. Right. And now all of a sudden he's on national TV. He has mm. people wanting to speak to him. Mm-hmm. That feels really good. Mm-hmm. But they aren't going to do it unless you keep adding to it. Right. It's right. like the paranormal TV show. We aren't going to keep doing yeah. this unless you have other right. things. Right. Got to keep it going. Right. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something new there, something exciting and right. you know engaging that people will want to well, watch. Even the stories about his life, because initially that's how it was. You know, he's like, I'm just average Joe. And well, then, well, I was on the Olympic ski team, and I was this, and I worked for this thing, and. It just keeps getting bigger and mm-hmm. bigger. Mm-hmm. And then he had, when he was in, living in Colorado Springs, he claims that he had some men in black jump him. Yeah. And yeah. he nearly killed them using his high class uh, black belt, yeah. whatever it is that he knows. Right. Everything just seemed to be more and more Hollywood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just kept getting worse and worse. Yeah. And, Thankfully, we were fighting this extraterrestrial affairs commission in Denver, and I don't know if us going into it helped make it lose. I like to think that it did, but at the other side, I'd like to think people were reasonably intelligent, but they got it on the ballot. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That's, that's wild. I know that, I know that this is not like anything new. This has happened in other places too, where you know, people want to form groups to, mm-hmm. you know, be ready for when aliens come. We should watch some of the clips. I would like to like see your reaction to yeah. some of them or have you explain what's being done in some of them. Yeah. Which ones do you want to watch? You want to watch all of them or? Well, just, you know, Hit the classic, you, you know, little peep. Well, I've got alien all, peeper. Yeah. Why don't we play the uh, peeping Tom? Then we'll play the recreation that uh, they did. L- let me give you a little, yeah, little please lead do. this. Yeah. So the story goes that Stan thought that there was a, and it's why it's called Peeping Tom, that there was a Peeping Tom staring in at his teenage daughter. Right. And he was going to videotape them doing this. So let's, let's Occam Razors this thing mm-hmm. again. So if you have a Peeping Tom sneaking in in the middle of the night right. watching your daughter, <laughs> yeah, is it going to be in the living room or her bedroom? This exactly. It seems like, or yeah, the this kitchen or something. Pointless. Is this the living room where he is? Well, and he claims that this is a second story window, but we have footage that it's not. Yeah, that was one of the claims that they said. You know, they would have had to have scaffolding to get up there. Right. And no, they wouldn't because it's a one-story building. <laughs> in fact, there's a still frame in the documentary that shows them outside of the house. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You can see the window and it's a one story. I figured it was, I didn't even know he was trying to claim that it was the second story. It wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. That's the thing. He said it would have required scaffolding for somebody to get up there. And if somebody was pulling it, you know, joke on him, 
th- there's no way they could have gotten the scaffolding down in time. Oh, it's my like, God. It's a first floor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but what happens is he says he put it up and went, I believe, to hide in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was a flash of light, which may show on this one. And as he comes out, he sees this thing finally dip down. And he said that when he looked out, he saw it running, scurrying back into the, <laughs> yeah. into the yard. Mm-hmm. But his acting here is it's so good. Beautiful. <laughs> so it is. Funny. It really is. Roll this art. Yeah. All right, let's watch. Okay. Why is he looking up? The jumping over I things. Know. All right, I'm gonna go to bed. Good night. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna to, go bed. to bed. Just so you know. Yeah, he's le- there's that. Flash. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a great acting right there. A plus. He runs. He's like little bus. Yeah. So that's the famous uh, peeping Tom video. Uh, Play the uh, uh, gray alien comes to visit again. No, nobody outside. No clue what the heck's going on. But oh well. Oh my god. What the fuck is that? Holy shit. Oh my god, what's it doing? Holy shit. Oh my god. Where the fuck to go? Oh my god, I can't believe it. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Holy shit. He went to the Blair Witch School of Cinematography. Clearly, yeah. dear God. <laughs> one of my favorite claims is that one day he blacks out, wakes up in the yard, his wife finds him, and he's wearing a <laughs> nightgown. It turns out it's Betty Hill's nightgown. You know, <laughs> Betty's yeah, Barney yeah, Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So time doesn't mean anything up there. Okay. So they put her nightgown on him by mistake. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's the exact same aliens that right. abducted them. But the the, la- the last thing with Stan that I wanted to uh, talk about was just, there's an interesting clip that I'll show you. I don't know if you've ever seen him. He, he was like interviewed at a UFO conference and he's talking about how he is like, I don't know if he thinks he's possessed or he can channel this entity because he goes from like UFOs, aliens, then all of a sudden he's got the shadow people in his house and he's got the... One of the things that he uh, claimed that he was taking pictures of shadow people in his house. Uh, in fact, in one shot, he claimed that they were holding the remote control to his television. Right, yeah. So once again, we were recreating everything. So I have a beautiful shot inside of my house of the shadow figure with this remote control right. in there. Like this is not proof. Of- yeah. 
anybody can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I don't know. It seems like a no brainer that clearly he's just making this stuff up, but it's, it's crazy that a lot of people believe him and you know, he can get, or he did get paid speaking engagements at UFO mm-hmm. conferences. Mm-hmm. Janelle play the, uh, um, and he's an international bestseller. <laughs> that's crazy to think about. It, it, he isn't. If you look at how Amazon categorizes books so specifically, if you put out a book today about podcasting about Stan Romanek, uh-huh. you would all of a sudden become a, a bestseller. Bestseller because you're the only one in the category. Right, that's actually right. writing about that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 What is his category? Does he fit into just regular well, paranormal or? They, they shotgunned it into like a thousand different categories. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, which is what you do. You know, it's kind of keywords. That's how yeah. people will find mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. when you do that, you hit some weird combinations. And yeah, he's a best-selling author now. <laughs> That's crazy. Play the uh, interview clip about his hypnotic regressions. This is uh, him being interviewed at a, a UFO conference talking about this thing that is inside him. Anybody that's gone through hypnotic regression, it's not what you think. It's not mm. like they can control your mind. You remember no, most just, everything yeah. that happens. It's like no. you're in a deep daydream. No. <laughs> well, I thought I fell asleep. And when I came out, I apologized for falling asleep, except the hypnotherapist and my wife were sitting there going, and I knew something had happened. And, and they explained to me that my voice patterns had changed. My mannerisms had changed. It was like I wasn't me anymore. Right. And it scared the hypnotherapist so bad that she stopped the regression. So, and what was it that that was being said in this other... Uh, Not much in this particular regression, not much at all. Um, Eventually, I met a person named Dr. Leo Sprinkle. Oh, yeah, lovely. um, Who is a wonderful man. He's a very dear friend now. But um, he agreed to kind of explore this. And so we had a, a appointment set up with him later on, and eventually the same thing happened, and this time he ran with it. Great. And, so what, what came from that? Uh, oh, gosh, experience? all kinds of information. And I honestly, it's very hard It's very hard for me to talk about because I really don't believe in that sort of stuff. I really don't believe in it. So what is it that you don't believe? Mm. Can you, I mean, without perhaps spending too much I'm going can you just well, the concept basically? How do I concepts? explain this? When I went through the hypnotic regression process with Dr. Leo Sprinkle, I changed again. I, again I thought I fell asleep. Right. Okay. Um, my voice changed, my mannerism changed, and whatever this thing was that was now coming out of me mm-hmm. had concepts of things that there was no way I could have understood. You used words and luckily, all my hypnotic regression sessions are videotaped because mm-hmm. when I was done, some of the words this thing used, I had to look up because I didn't understand them. So, again, can you just run by some of the the ideas that that, that are so out there that I've had about all together probably about eighteen to twenty sessions mm-hmm. with whatever this thing is coming out of me and. Uh, again, I don't like to talk about it because I don't know if I don't know if I have an altered personality that's coming through. I can't see that happening because this thing, whatever it is coming through me, can read minds. Um, it has tr- literally stopped phones from ringing and teleported 
the telephone from one side of a room, uh, the building, all the way to the other side of the building mm-hmm. through solid walls. Yes. I thought that clip was super entertaining because he's just clearly bullshitting. And, you know, it's like, I have this thing coming out of me, but I can't explain it. And I'm saying things. But he doesn't divulge any specific information. Well, and that's the thing. With any with any claims of special knowledge, which this would be, because, you know, you have math, you have knowledge of these 10th planet, all these things that he has, they're coming out with all of these things that we already yeah. have information about. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really new. No. And that was the problem with all of the people that we talked to. They're like, he's not doing anything new. Right. He's using the same claims that people have been using. And the evidence that he's shown is either easily faked or absolutely obviously faked. Mm -hmm. So how can you take him seriously? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately in the UFO community, it's not uncommon to have that lack of proof Mm -hmm. of anything really. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, and let me get my opinion straight here. So people don't ask, do I believe that extraterrestrials exist? I was just about to ask. Yeah, absolutely. You do. They have to. Right. Okay. If you look at the amount of possible places that are habitable Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. space Mm -hmm. to think that we are the, only civilization, well, the only life form beings is it's a huge egotistical problem. However, using the Drake equation as a good example, the amount of time that it took from Big Bang to us evolving to this point is kind of a known number. Mm hmm. So we have to say, how long would it take for something to have evolved to the point of having interstellar travel? Right. Mm-hmm. Have not accidentally or intentionally wiping itself out, which is right. a huge possibility. Right. And then coming up with the technology that it would take to traverse huge amounts of space, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. energy, and I use that word properly, <laughs> yeah. that it would take to get across that amount of space Mm -hmm. if that time had passed which it doesn't look like it has would they come to just peek in our windows i mean that was an expensive (laughs) long trip yeah 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 i i will quote one of my favorite authors douglas adams Mm -hmm. douglas adams Mm -hmm. hitchhiker's guided galaxy Mm -hmm. Uh, yes his thing of what he called uh, um i'm gonna misquote the the name that he gave them. But basically what UFO sightings were was rich teenage kids of extraterrestrials. They go out and they find some, you know, back world world and they'd come down land in front of some unsuspected farmer that nobody would ever believe and just beep at them for a second. <laughs> <and leave. laughs> totally. That's, that's a really that, funny to think about. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, and that's always been the thing with the ghosts, with the UFOs and all of that. But what's the motivation? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. why would an alien come down that far to peek in a window? Absolutely. Or why would something come down? 
if they've had the technology to stay hidden this entire time, why all of a sudden mm-hmm. in some guy's backyard does exactly. it show Exactly. And why Stan? Right. And, you know, we're going back to, like, Stephen Hawking, Carl Sagan, yeah. like that, that have said any race that was significantly advanced enough to do that sort of a thing, we would be insignificant to them. Right. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it would be like us running across an anthill. Mm-hmm. We... They just wouldn't. We're not this crazy, interesting exactly. science we're, experiment that they're just desperate to well, get. Well, if you a think about it, at. we're super primitive still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, and, you know, they were like, well, they found out that we have nuclear technology. Well, to us, that's kind of a neat new thing. But, uh-huh. you know, in the big scheme of things, it probably is kind of like rubbing two sticks together and finding mm-hmm. out fire comes out of it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, if you have the technology to get all the way over here, Bombs are like woo ha. Yeah. yeah, like who, who cares? cares? <laughs> exactly. And there's a lot of theories that there that aliens are concerned about us having access to right. nuclear bombs, and they're here to protect us, that or they're watching the over. The day the Earth stood still. That's, mm-hmm. that's where that theory yeah. comes from. Okay. So I have kind of a question. Since recently, in the past, you know, few years, the government has started coming out, and you know, with confirming that some ufo clips are in fact ufos whatever right. that means uh, oh, well let me stop you yeah there. So what's gonna, your opinion on that i'm gonna define that right there ufo does not mean alien visiting right. yeah unidentified right. flying, flying object, object. Exactly. that's exactly what it whether means. that's it's, spy or who knows right. what it is that means whoever's looking at it and whoever's analyzed it doesn't know what it is uh-huh. that doesn't mean anything else mm-hmm. and i think that's where the the government Ours and many others releasing all of these different things, none of them have pointed towards any type of extraterrestrial intelligence. They've pointed towards, we don't know what that is. Right. And That's true. I'll dial it back to people asking about the ghost investigations we've done. I have, so Occam's Razor once again. Mm-hmm. We have a way of doing this where you start with the simplest, easiest explanation. Right. And you work towards that paranormal explanation, but mm-hmm. you have to get through everything. And you start realizing that that paranormal goalpost goal keeps moving away from mm-hmm. you. Because while I may not be able to explain it, I'm going to call in an expert that, that I think may be able to have the answer. And if they don't, well, there's somebody else. But, and yeah. it just keeps getting farther and farther away. So I tell people, it's okay to say, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that kills a lot of people in the science community when I say I had something, I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Does that mean it's a ghost? Does that mean it's a UFO? Does that mean it's whatever? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. And you need to keep looking at it, Mm -hmm. but it's okay to say, I don't don't know. know. Right. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with not having an opinion on something and just, yeah. And yeah, especially with a lot of people in the paranormal field, that's their thing. They're like, right. Well, it, it's either provable or a ghost. Exactly. No, it's provable or mm-hmm. you don't know. Could it be a ghost? Sure. Why not? Yeah. It's a possibility. But, right. Yeah. Have you seen anything paranormal that you did believe? Or that you were really kind of like, wow, holy shit. There is not an explanation <laughs> I can come up with for a this. A wow, holy shit no. moment. A wow, holy shit moment. Uh, <laughs> not really. I mean, I have, I had some experiences that confuse me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of went into this, but I'll I'll give you the story. We were at a house that one room was specific to the 
the paranormal activity. And of course, that's where the entire family had decided to sleep at night. There's like four <laughs> generations of them, and they're sleeping in the haunted bedroom. Oh my gosh, of course. So we go and we set up, and we're going to watch the room, see what's going on in it. Mm-hmm. And while we use a lot of the same equipment that you would see on a ghost hunting TV show, uh-huh. we know how it works, and we use it more for documenting what's going on than trying to find a ghost. Well, we've been up, I don't know, 36 hours straight. And it's getting towards the middle of the night, and we realize the family's sitting with us. Now, two things, and I'm kind of stepping away from this, that we do that are a little different. First of all, we never turn off all the lights in a room Mm -hmm. because we want to keep the conditions the same as whatever it was like when whoever had that experience had it. Right, and they're not just sitting in the and, dark. Right. How many people, I mean, we all know or you may have yeah. even had some sort of a ghostly experience. Were you sitting in a pitch dark room? Right. You can't see in a pitch dark room. Mm-mm. And the other one is, and this is kind of a side shot, but trying to stay open-minded and scientific protocol. So I'm going to go into a room with my, my handheld recorder and ask questions of the ghost. Are you the person that died here? What's your name? Uh-huh. Go home. You're talking to the ghost. The minute that you start doing that, you are vested in the fact that there is a ghost there because you're trying mm-hmm. to talk to talk it. Talk to them, right. <laughs> now, I always tell people, if something decides to talk to me while I'm in the room, I'll go ahead and answer. But I can't start that conversation because there's probably nothing there with me. Right. So we're in this house watching this empty room. And I said, don't you guys normally go to sleep about this time of day? We're trying to stay away from you and let you go about your daily routine. Mm-hmm. So they decided to go in and shift. Like, fine, whatever. So a couple of them went in, slept for about an hour, got up, came out. And I said, okay, who's next? Uh, mother and daughter look over at me and they said, well, we'll go in. But we're not going in without you. I'm like, if the big green thing jumps out of the closet, I'm running out the door. With <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't get We're this. both booking it out of here. Yeah. But I was like, okay, fine, whatever. This is the one of the very few times we had the lights completely out because that's what they did while they slept. Mm. So we fire up the infrared cameras. No, they don't see ghosts. Yes, they see outside of our right. spectrum of so, light. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can see where... People can't. So they're on the bed snoring their heads off. And it felt like something was slapping me on the side of the face. Really? Huh. Um, and you just see me looking like a complete moron on the video going, does anybody see anything in here with me? Because, <laughs> but, you know, in retrospect, I'd been up 36 hours. I'd been told uh-huh. terrifying stories about the stuff that had gone on in this room and now I'm locked in there almost alone in the pitch dark. Uh-huh. Could something have been slapping me that was, you know, paranormal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But could there have been an absolute psychological setup for me to have Experience convinced that. myself something right. was going on? Right. More likely. Right. Yeah. Well, you haven't had been sleeping at all for 36 hours exactly mine can start doing crazy things absolutely was yeah. it like a physical touch like you yeah. felt something I felt just what you did right there 
So you would you move your face at all, or just sit there and you're no, just feeling so? Move and it still kept. Hmm. But that's so weird to me because it seems like you of all people would just not. Like, how would you not? How would you feel that? And it's not anything. I need more proof. Wow, that's and, interesting. And I understand that humans are once again horribly confusable, very easily yeah. influenced, and. Mm-hmm. I put myself in a terrible condition. Right. And it's been a lot of things like that where it's like it's just as easily explainable by something physiological mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. as it is something paranormal. And mm-hmm. we know that the physiological conditions exist. It's hard, though. It's, it's definitely hard making to... me look at everything we've covered differently. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think... I think the more I learn about the human brain and just like consciousness in general, you start Mm -hmm. to realize like how, how truly powerful our minds are and how easy it is for us to start to see things that aren't there and Mm -hmm. start to, you know, the fact that we can like psychedelics, for example, and things like that, you start going, you know, down the road, that road and you start realizing like your brain is capable of really, really, really crazy experiences. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you said, the physiology is, like you believe that if you were in that same room and you had had a great night's sleep the night before and you're completely fine, you may have had a different experience Absolutely. in there. But yeah, I mean, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. I mean, I'm sure we could sit here and talk all yeah, night. I'm this sure has been so much fun. Our and listeners probably have yeah, tons oh, yeah. of questions. Yeah, yeah, seriously. We could talk about this stuff for days yeah, as we well. we might have to have you come back and debunk some more stuff. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have more things. I'm always available. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah, it was really interesting. But thank you again, Brian, for coming on the show. And is there anywhere people can follow you? Obviously, your website. Uh, let's see. I've got the website, um, RockyMountainParanormal.com. Uh, there's a podcast that someday may come to life on there. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. All horror stuff. Yeah, awesome. Uh, lots of weird little side projects and things like that. Uh, do photography as a side business. Uh, Talks, lectures, classes, all that sort of stuff. So if anybody needs that, I'm available. And because I'm so into the horror community, uh, coming up next September is the Colorado Festival of Horrors. Oh, really? And I've buried myself into that one, too. Oh, cool. You might have to go check that out. That will be really fun. It's the weekend of September the 11th. Oh, wow. Interesting. uh, Yeah, just Colorado Festival of Horror. Cool. They actually have some confirmed guests now. Oh, really? Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. We covered a lot, man. We we went deep into a lot of things, but yeah, this was a lot of fun and definitely do more things like this in the future. So, but we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next time. $2 Small Me Cafe is the answer to your day. The question is whether you go with a rich caramel frappe paired with a warm cinnamon roll, a sweet caramel macchiato paired with a blueberry muffin made with real blueberries, or a hot chocolate paired with a classic apple fritter. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Don't worry, there's never a wrong choice. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.